Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast, Suicide. Let's talk straight on the topic of suicide. Here's the problem. It is increasing. It is increasing in considerable numbers among girls, teenage girls, boys, teenage guys, police officers, doctors, healthcare workers, almost everybody in that population, right across the board. There's no real a group of people that commit suicide any greater than anybody else, and nobody's immune to the issue of suicide. So it's prevalent. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic that we are now experiencing, because of our leadership telling people to stay inside, isolate, don't go out, withdraw, lockdown, creates more isolation, creates more loneliness, creates more uh, fear that does that cannot be resolved, more deranged or disordered thinking because people are alone and they have no way to verify their thoughts or their ideas or their feelings with anybody else. So if they get some idea about suicide, there's no way to kind of correct them because they're isolated, they're withdrawn. The more isolated a person, we know that the greater the risk of suicide. So when our leaders stand up and tell people to lock down and to um, isolate and to withdraw for, you know, extended periods of time, you know, more than a day or two, certainly, they are actually encouraging people to live at risk. That doesn't mean they will commit suicide, but they're at risk. They're at risk for mental health problems of various kinds. They're certainly at risk for socialization problems. They're at risk for uh, depression, particularly. And they're at risk for things such as suicide. Is it really worth it? And people wonder. So let's talk about this a little bit and just kind of put it into perspective, okay? There are some myths that we need to um, correct and clarify first in the area of suicide. Let me tick off some of them, and uh, you can then put them together. People will say that if they are really thinking about it, then they will do it. Well, the fact is that people do think about it for long, long periods of time and don't commit suicide at all. They think about it. They wonder about it. But if they think about it, that doesn't necessarily say they're going to do it. So we have to be careful not to draw that conclusion. But um, here's another myth. People who talk about it don't do it. Well, that's not true either. People who talk about it often do commit suicide. We are to take their talk, their discussion, their comments, their uh, expressions seriously and talk about it with them. People who talk about suicide want to talk about suicide. They want to talk about their life. They want to talk about meaning. They want to talk about their problems. They want to talk about how to end their problems, not end their life. So engage people in conversation. If they talk about it, don't stray away from it or be afraid of it. Here's another myth. Only a specialist can help. No, that's not true. Doctors are often unhelpful. Actually, you go to an emergency room, you don't know the doctor, you don't know anything about him, he's tired, he's been working all day and all night, doesn't have patience for this kind of thing, you rather deal with medical problems, so you get, so they get a cold shoulder, or they get a very cold reception, and that doesn't help at all. What you need to do is hook up somebody with somebody they know, and somebody they trust, and somebody they'll talk to, that's far better than just a specialist by cut because of some title, or because he wears a white coat, or you know, whatever it might be. That is not the answer. The answer is a trusting loving, caring, compassionate person. And then here's another myth, that there are certain groups of people who are more likely to commit suicide than the general population. Not necessarily the case. People often thought that police officers fall into this category that they're more likely to commit suicide. Well, it's true that 52% are more likely to commit suicide than the general public. However, when you look at the police department from the age range of 25 to 55, kind of the mid, I mean, early and mid-career people, their suicide rate is the same as the general public, general population. So there's really not much of a difference there. Not necessarily can we find a higher incidence 
among certain populations. It's often been thought that dentists are much more at risk than other medical or healthcare providers. Well, that's true to some degree, and it's not always the case, and it's certainly true among the older dentists as compared to the younger dentists. Here's another myth. If you ask somebody to talk about suicide, you'll give them the idea to actually do it. Well, that's not correct either. That's wrong. Opening and discussion about suicide is wanted. They desire, they would love to talk about suicide. They want to talk about somebody who will take it seriously and have some serious, compassionate comments and interaction and discuss their issues that lead to that kind of thinking. Suicide is not necessarily an action that is to take. It often is just a thought. That's all it is. But people want to talk about those thoughts. They want, they, they want those thoughts to go away. They want those thoughts to be conquered. They don't want to commit suicide. They often want their pain to go away, want their stress to go away, want their trauma to go away, want their uh, interpersonal relationships to change, not commit suicide. So those are a couple of myths that uh, we have to make sure we understand and keep them on the correct side and um, understand what suicide really is all about. So what is the nature of suicide? What, do you, what is it really? Okay. Well, suicide is a temporary state of the mind. That's first of all, what you have to understand. This is one of the key factors relating to suicide and the state of prevention of suicide. To realize that it's the state of the mind. In other words, that's something that can be approached. People can talk about their thinking. People can talk about their intentions. People can talk about their ideas and their creative ideas, even regarding suicide. So it's a world that can be approached through discussion and talk. But it's a temporary state of the mind. If you get people past a certain point in time, past a particular incident, past a maybe a 24-hour period of time, they're going to be okay. So it's that temporary state of mind, just kind of like a panic attack. It just kind of hits, and it's strong for maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then subsides and minimizes. That's what suicide is all like, all about. Here's another thing about suicide. It requires a particular plan. Most people who commit suicide have a very detailed plan who, what, where, and when, and how, that kind of thing. They have a very detailed plan. But if a person does not have a detailed plan, the risk of suicide is certainly minimized You know there. So you want to find out whether this person has a very specific and detailed plan of carrying out such an action. Here's another factor about suicide. The main motive of suicide is not to die. That's not the purpose or the motive. It's to stop the pain to stop the trauma, to stop the distress, to stop the harassment, to stop the um, conflict in which they are currently involved, change the circumstances of their life, change the setting in which they experience pain or distress or trauma. Here's another factor about suicide. It grows from the feeling of isolation and alienation. In other words, the more isolated, the more it will grow, and the more it will get stronger. If a person is alienated, that is, people read. Uh, remove themselves from a, a person, isolate from the person, reject a person, then suicide becomes a greater thought and a more intense thought. So feeling isolated is certainly not a good thing. And then having people alienate you is certainly not a good thing you know, either because those kind of lead you know, to suicide. Here's another point about suicide. It's preventable. It's a mental health issue and it's preventable. You know, suicide is not inevitable. Mental health professionals don't think about it. That is something that's inevitable. Just because somebody talks about it or has tried it before or whatever, it is an approachable topic. It's an approachable issue and can be discussed and can be approached by a reasonable person when there's a trust relationship particularly. But here's the last point about suicide. It's very important to understand. There's almost always a precipitating event or crisis 
that is seen or is perceived as being insurmountable for the person to deal with. You know, if something happens, a breakup, a boyfriend breakup, a girlfriend breakup, being fired from a job, being falsely accused, very, very important, by the way, uh, having certain uh, events take place that are embarrassing, publicly embarrassing to you, something of that nature. People often think about ending their life because of these kind of circumstances that they cannot face or uh, have difficulty facing. So those are some of the things about suicide. That really is kind of the essence of it. But what are some of the warning signs? What are some of the um, bells and whistles that kind of set you off and say, okay, watch for it because this might be operating. It might be present. So let's see what, what will happen you know, in this situation. So what are some of them? Well, suicide is very high among people who abuse drugs, particularly alcohol and marijuana. But all these drugs are very likely to be associated with substance abuse and suicide. People don't think clearly. People don't think rationally. People cannot interact rationally with others. People cannot have a conversation with others in a rational way when they're under drugs. So drug abuse of all kinds is really a warning sign. It's unfortunate many of our states in the United States have said, Come and bring your marijuana to our state. Sell it in our state. Sell it to our kids. Sell it to our population. We want the tax money. Colorado being one of them. Oregon being another one. Washington being another one. And on down the line, California. Well, those states are welcoming suicide. Those states are initiating suicide potential. Increased levels of suicide. Because they're allowing drugs to have a powerful effect upon the life and behavior and thinking patterns of young people and obviously those of all ages. Another warning signal is agitation. Another one is panicky feelings and anxiety. People who feel panic is almost like they're going to die, have a heart attack, going to have some kind of a uh, event take place. They're going to faint. Well, those don't happen, but there for about 15, 20, 30 minutes, they may feel like that's going to happen. And that's the warning time. That's the sensitive time. That's the tough time. Even severe insomnia can be a warning sign. Somebody's not sleeping, and sometimes it's so tiresome not to sleep and so agitating and, and upsetting that people say it's not worth it, and they think in terms of suicide. Continued exhaustion is another one. So there's a lot of factors here that are warning signs, but the big one obviously is a crisis that just happened, like a breakup where you've been rejected and alienated, or uh, the relationship has been terminated, and You've been left alone and you've been left all by yourself. Those are times of great risk for many, many people. So what we need to do when those kind of situations develop, take away all guns, take away all knives, take away all objects that could be used for suicide purposes by an individual. And then identify what is that precipitating event that seems to be triggering it right now. What's going on right now in the person's life that's kind of bringing this idea of suicide forward and having them obsess about it? Find what that is, and then talk about it. Engage in conversation about that. Don't put it down, but understand it. Come to understand it, and come to understand why a person would give up on those kind of situations, and find out what hope there is, and what kind of life potential there is ahead, what good there is ahead. And although it's usually not a teaching moment, but you might be able to just suggest some problem-solving skills that can be applied at these times, but other times as well. Certain skills for just problem-solving, decision-making, judgment-calling, that can be talked about. But don't do it in the form of a lecture. And don't list 29 ideas 
about how a person can solve a problem. Maybe just one or two is all is necessary and particularly relevant to the situation that they're in at the present time. So there are things to do. Step forward. Be part of the person's life when they're in a suicide mode. Don't avoid. Don't add more rejection. Don't add more uh, avoidant alienation. Get involved and get in, in, uh, involved with the person. Be compassionate and caring so that the suicide individual, potential person, feels that there's a level of acceptance and care from you about them. Very, very important. And then stick with it. Be with them over a period of time. Keep in touch. Keep in contact. Follow through. But get involved. Anyway, nice to have you with me today as we talked about a very tough topic, a very unfortunate topic, suicide. So watch it and uh, watch for it and address it, whether it's in your life or somebody else's life. Be involved. Thanks for joining me. Bye for now.